You're listening to the Fourth Estate Podcast with your hosts, news gadfly Marty Duran and award-winning religion journalist Bob Smetana, as we highlight some interesting and or important stories from the last week while helping you think about the news. Thanks for joining. Hello again, everybody. This is Marty Duran. And I'm Bob Smetana. And uh, we are welcoming you to the Fourth State Podcast, where we're helping you think about the news, at least we hope we are. And the first news that Bob wants to think about is the first news Bob always wants to think about. If it's not the Patriots and it's not the Red Sox, it is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics. Clobbered the Milwaukee Bucks and then clobbered the 76ers in their process full of first round draft picks with. Uh, Basically, nobody, a couple of guys they brought off the bench and <laughs> some guys from the stands. And uh, well, the guy who should be rookie of the year, Jason Tatum, and old guy Al Horford, and uh, scary Terry Rozier, who. Was Horford a bench played player. for the Hawks, man. He did. He he's, was, a, he's a really he, good player. He's a really good player. Yeah, but they like, is. they have more stars. They have four pretty much star players on the bench who are out. I haven't even been keeping up. No, they're they pretty much like, they lost Gordon Hayward, Hayward their uh, Gordon yeah, Hayward, their first, their big. Free agent acquisition, the first game of the year in okay. five minutes. Then wow. they lost Kyrie Irving. That's great. Spin. Then uh, Jalen Brown, who was the uh, Brown was the third top pick a couple of years ago. Wow, probably their best player okay. in the last year. So the four, three of their stars were on the bench, and they beat the Sixers. Wow, it was awesome. That's substantial. Yeah, and Jason Tatum. Are, so, are they in the finals or is they're it like in the, the conference semifinals? Conference finals, but okay. they might make the conference finals without. Three, you know, well, right. two big stars. Are any of them coming back? Not this year. Not that I Brown, care. Brown will be back, but um, the two. Uh, um, so who are they playing? They're playing Sixers, and so the Sixers oh, and Celtics. The Sixers, okay, Sixers and Celtics gotcha. have been fighting for years. Oh this yeah, no kidding. This is, man. Uh, this is like uh, Bill Russell beating up Will Chamberlain, yeah. <laughs> taking his candy. It's awesome. Oh man! All right, so uh, on the Wicked Awesome this week. Um, if you are outside, you probably have heard about this because this was a this became an enormous story uh, after the tragedy of the shooting at Waffle House a couple of weeks ago here in Tennessee. Um, the uh, the young man who is responsible for um, basically disarming uh, the shooter, uh, James Shaw, I believe is his yes, name. James is that Shaw. right? Yeah. Um, he was interviewed. He he saved people in the Waffle House, took the gun away from the shooter. Shooter fle- fled uh, naked. And um, and then James Shaw basically went to church. <laughs> he left Waffle House. He went to church. And uh, people found him out later, found later. And, of course, he was immediately proclaimed a hero. Uh, and so kind of along with really being a heroic, he uh, opened a GoFundMe for the was it for the victims? for the victims of the shooting yeah and then uh, was there a second one or did it expand to like cover uh, the um, the funeral expenses I think I think. You know, I think it's all together and so uh, and then I mean it's a great story yeah two hundred eighteen thousand dollars GoFundMe to help these victims and he's just the, he's just the AT he works for AT and T just a dad and a disarmed guy went to church. And uh, apparently he met Dwayne Wade the other night. Oh, yeah. So he's a big fan. And, I saw he, uh, he got in, like, the Predator's locker room or something, yeah. too. Yeah, so he's, like, a big uh, 
You know, and, and it's crazy too because we had a mad naked gunman running around Nashville. Yeah, for like a day and a for half. Like or a day something. and a half. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Well, he finally went home. We got to stop saying crazy so much. Uh, absurd. Absurd. It was insane. It was an absurd insanity. Insane. It was a crazy, and dangerous, and dangerous. Yeah, he because he went back home and rearmed himself. Yeah. Right, he went got yeah. some more guns. Um, so th- I guess there's probably a conversation along with that about how he got his guns back because apparently he'd yeah. been around the White House in some forbidden area and the Secret Service had arrested him. And took his guns away and, took his his guns away, and then back. his dad gave them back, which so, is not good. It's a sad, sad story. It is sad. But uh, but thankfully, uh, James Shaw did well and uh, is doing well and is getting uh, a hero's recognition, which he greatly deserves. Yes. Um, in the news you need to know, we're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about what's going on in Gaza. So if you're paying attention to your Middle East news, you know that for about the last four weekends now, it's been it's been a while, uh, there have been protests in Gaza uh, because the 70th anniversary, I think it is, of the Nakba, uh, which is the the same thing as uh, essentially as Israeli Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So on the Israeli side, they view May the 15th, I think it is, 1948, as the birth of their country. Palestinians uh, essentially view that as the death of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have two peoples who view the same day, the same events of, the, of that that came out of that day in two markedly different ways. So the Palestinians view it as an anniversary of a long, lengthy oppression and occupation and all those things. So part of the protest was that they still have this dream that they're going to get their family lands back mm-hmm. that were taken away um, after uh, Israel declared independence and the battles that came after that and then I guess all the way down through the 1967 war. So uh, a recent article, th- these are all three from a magazine called uh, 972. I don't know what that that uh, stands for, but it's 972mag.com, and they're regular uh, writers, and they uh, cover this area a lot. Uh, there's an article called You're Far More Likely to Be Killed Protesting in Gaza Than Firing a Rocket, and they did an analysis. And uh, the, t- the days leading up or the months leading up to the beginning of the protests – um, there were like 60 rockets fired by Hamas out out of Gaza into Israel, mm-hmm. and there was no retaliation. Probably there was nobody killed. Those rockets are usually uh, poorly aimed and yeah. poorly designed. Uh, but there have been, uh, as of last week, I think it was, 40 Palestinians killed in the protests, and, and literally thousands have now been injured. Uh, at least 1,500 is one report. I've seen a report that's as high as 4,000, I think have been injured by both rubber bullets and live fire. And I think some were injured by, like, tear gas canisters yeah. that were fired in. So what what's happening is this started as a protest, so people would come. and They're not supposed to get within 300 meters of the barrier wall. So that's, like, a 1,000 feet, yeah. so, so a, a fifth of a mile, basically. Uh, they're not supposed to get to the border wall. And so they protest, they throw rocks. Of course, they're not going to hit anything from that distance. They burn tires, and there is some concern that somebody's going to try to do something unlawful behind the mm-hmm. smoke, yeah. uh, those kinds of things. So it's a major protest that's been going on uh, both weekdays and weekends. But in the course of, uh, of this, uh, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, has killed a number of people uh, from distance. So uh, 
Like last week, I think there were two people who actually like tried to cross the part of it's a fence and part of it's a wall. And so they tried to cross the fence and they were stopped. But many of these people have been shot at distance. There's video. They're nowhere near any uh, Israelis. They're nowhere near any IDF people. They're nowhere near the wall. They're basically alone. They're not armed. They don't have a rocket in their, you know, mm-hmm. their gown or, or their robe or anything like that. Um, and then they're ju- they're running one minute and they're dead the next. And so two uh, journalists have been shot and killed. One of these guys uh, was uh, fairly well known. He had multiple, uh, I guess it's stringer work. He had contract mm-hmm. work with different agencies from around the world, specifically kind of in the Middle East there. Uh, so this has been going on now for about a month. Yeah. You've got this ongoing situation with the Israeli uh, military uh, killing protesters, uh, most, of, most if not all of whom are unarmed and most if not all of whom are a great distance away and can hardly be considered a threat of any kind to the IDF. Uh, in addition to that, about uh, a week ago, not even a week ago, about three or four days ago, uh, the IDF went into Gaza, apparently, and arrested um, Ayed Maror, who is considered the top Palestinian nonviolent activist. So so you have uh, thousands of people who are protesting on a regular basis uh, in preparation for the 70th anniversary of the Nakba, and the IDF goes in and arrests basically a Martin Luther King type of person who leads or at least... Um, advocates for nonviolent protest. Um, so in, in the wake of all of these things happening, there has been a suit now in Israel's high court and an uh, article published on April 30th, top court here's first major challenge to IDF's live fire in Gaza. So several human rights groups now have banded together and they have filed an action. I don't know if it's called a suit. I'm not sure what the terminology is in Israel. But uh, basically it says Israel's high court of justice heard on Monday a major challenge to the IDF's rules of engagement, which per, uh, permit the use of live fire against demonstrators who pose no danger to human life. So the Association for Civil Rights in Israel and the Defense of uh, the Individual, um, Center for the Defense of the Individual, uh, apparently have banded together to file a common complaint or challenge to this uh, use. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Israeli military leaders have acknowledged that it was policy that they could use live ammunition on protesters and that some of the shooting, some of the deaths uh, came as a result of soldiers, who, snipers, who were attempting to shoot people in the leg and, and, and well, and the person bent over oh, gosh. and, you know, was hit in the head. Yeah. Now, I find that uh, not impossible, mm-hmm. but that it would happen on, on a lot, I find improbable. Well, this line from the Israeli cabinet minister, he acknowledged that mistakes that might have been made in some of the shootings and that bullets can do unpredictable things. <laughs> and they can also do predictable things. Predictable things. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you are shooting people at a distance, I mean, I don't want to mock, but I think this is the, this is a, now, you were just in the Middle East. Can you talk about that? And yeah. what was the mood there when you were there? Well, I was in the West Bank and okay. it's, um, it's separated from Gaza by about 60 miles. Okay. And... The things that are happening in Gaza will affect uh, the West, the people in the mm-hmm. West Bank, the Palestinians who live in the West Bank, but not in the same way. Okay. So they won't necessarily protest just because there's a protest going on in Gaza. Okay. Um, but they will feel great sympathy for, and there could be protests erupt out of mm-hmm. 
but it's important to remember that there's two governing authorities in those areas. So okay. Hamas is governing in Gaza, if you want to call it governing, they're in charge. Okay. Uh, and the Palestinian Authority is, in the West Bank. is okay. primarily in, in charge in the West Bank. Uh, maybe even Fatah. I can't mm-hmm. remember for sure. Yeah. Uh, but in the last election that was actually held, which was like 13 years ago or something like that, uh, Fatah took the majority of the votes, I think, in both. Mm-hmm. And then Hamas did a basically a coup in Gaza okay. and got control of Gaza away from uh, the Palestinian Authority. So um, there will be uh, there will be great sympathy from the Palestinians in the West Bank toward the Palestinians in mm-hmm. Gaza, but there's no there's no possibility that they can join together because they're both isolated from each other uh, by virtue of these walls and barriers okay. and fences. So what basically I mean this sounds awful and it's trite it awful, to say right? it this way, but what happens in Gaza stays in Gaza. Yeah. Um, and even though. Uh, the IDF may stage a raid in the West Bank if they have mm-hmm. suspicions of something. The the two things are not a direct correlation. So if you're uh, if you're a news junkie, I would encourage you to try to find uh, some of the facts about what's going on. Um, probably Hamas is doing some things to uh, exacerbate the situation. Mm-hmm. That would be their mo. Uh, but it's also not true that everything that's happening over there uh, is an attempt by Hamas to use, quote-unquote, innocent Palestinians to uh, have some kind of an uprising and everybody's going to storm the fence and mm-hmm. try to get over. They could have already done that half a dozen times um, if they had wanted to do that. So um, that that's what's going on in Gaza right now, and I encourage you to, to try to find some, some good information, which is not that easy to do. Yeah. So now we're going into our third segment, the God Beat. Yes. Religion in the News. Right, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, I heard that uh, I heard that you weren't gonna be able to read the Bible anymore if you lived in California. Yes. Well, I have heard. Yes. That, too, that you. I've heard that. Oh, you've heard. that. I've heard that you're gonna have the Bible banned. I heard you can't talk about sex. You can't. So there's a bill in uh, the California. I'm worried Assembly. about your friends that keep telling you this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's not my friends. Oh, okay. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, um, some journalists, mm. mostly activists, but this is so. This is a complicated story. So there's a well uncomplicated for well, us. Uncomplicated. There's a bill in the House in the California Assembly. It's Assembly Bill 2943. So a few years ago, California banned what they call uh, gay conversion therapy. Or yes, I remember that. Yep, for minors. So that's been yes. and the Supreme Court uh, did not take it. Uh, it went off the court system. It was ruled constitutional. Supreme Court did not. I think it was appealed up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court didn't take the case. The so national, the uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. U.S. Okay, not so. So that law is still in the books. So now there's an attempt to um, expand that law for adults. Okay, say, and the way they're doing it is using a fraud statute. So you're gonna they label the I um, what they call sexual orientation change efforts, but really it's commercial therapy aimed at sexual orientation change. Or gay, what we call reparative therapy or gay conversion therapy. That would be an unlawful business practice, and therapists that charge for that could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. The the problem is, um, or the concerns about the bill is, it's a pretty broad bill. It's in a consumer protection bill, so right. there are lines about goods and services. So right. it's written so broadly that you could um, say that well. It's banning the sale of Bibles because the Bibles talk about sexuality or a conference or, or uh, Christian books about sexuality could be banned. Um, 
you know, the, the lawmaker says this is just about commercial therapy. Uh, anyone who we talked to a number of experts about this, they are basically you can't ban the sale of the Bible because it's protected by the First Amendment. You can't ban books, and and the government in California is going to be running around pulling around pulling off Bibles or pulling Christian books off the shelves right. because there are robust constitutional protections uh, for them. Right. Now, the question that uh, David French from National Review has been writing about this, called David up, he's a constitutional lawyer. I said, David, what's the thing? You got these constitutional You called him up? I called him up. I didn't know you had his I, number. I called him up. I used to interview him all the time for the Tennessean. Oh, so okay. I called, I called David. We chatted. He's like, here's the you problem. You should, like, say what his phone number is on no. the podcast. <laughs> say what his phone number is. Though, in, back in the day, this is the thing that it pees was, me. It used to be BR549, right? Yeah. This is the thing that pees me. Somehow now, giving someone's phone number or, like, address up is, like a, is, is called doxing, and it's a terrible yeah. thing. It used to be called the phone book. <laughs> they used to deliver well, it to your door. it's more than that. It's not just like their name and address. Doxing is like a lot more than their yeah, name and address. Because you can still get that like on whitepages.com. Yeah, so, so there is kind of a, I know, but there that bothers me. Like someone published, you know, right. addresses public in the phone. Yeah, yeah, public yeah, information yeah. is yeah. like the public information. Bob is old, y'all. I'm old. Like the phone book. They used to the, give me your phone book. I know. They used to come book. throw it out. You could hear it's it in the driveway. So anyway, let's get off that, that rant. <laughs> and... um <laughs> So basically, David said, "Look, it's a it's the bill is written so broadly yeah. that you can, and it's fraud. So consumer fraud has um, a lot more. So say what he said basically like penalties. Penalties. Yeah. So if you've got a multi level marketing or you're selling something, okay. and your documentation about it is is false, right? Then they can come after that speech. The right. business okay. speech can be. Um, so the snake oil salesmen yeah, are going to get snake oil it. salesmen yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. So if they label basically this therapy as snake oil." Then you could go after. Him. So, okay. so one question he said is like, if you're if there's a counselor doing this and he sells a book, or if a conference is mm-hmm. on sexuality and they sell resources, could they get in trouble? Okay. That would where you might. So we've already had one uh, one a Christian student ministry uh, cancel two conferences out wow. of fear of what would happen. Right. Like they, they didn't want the legal risk. They, they you know they're trying to do their conference. Um, they didn't know if, when the law would become if it's passed by the state senate. So and signed, you're saying cancel that? So they canceled the conferences they had planned to hold in California. In California yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and they were holding some other way. So they moved people from that conference to other conferences. But they were concerned about uh, even if they win in court, say they got say they got uh, um, charged with violating. Let's say the law is passed, right. They get charged. Their concern was, well, we got to fight this in court. It's going to be a long time and a lot of money, right? And so that's what David's point was. Okay. Uh, we talked to Doug Laycock at the University of Virginia. He's like, they're not sell- – who's a, a well-known First Amendment uh, professor. He's right. like, they're not selling the Bible. No, we can ban the Bible. So some websites out there – like so what, so what was this – I mean, how were they – how did they get from uh, consumer protection to you, you're not able to read the Bible in California? So the, so the law is pretty um, – David said it was clumsily written. Okay. Which I think is a by a politician. By a do yes. tell. So the 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 definition of sexual orientation change efforts was so broad, right. and the idea that goods and services related to that, okay, that you could. So just tell, it. so just telling somebody that they should repent because the Bible says so. Says so, so could or you sell a, and if you sold a book that oh, wow. said okay. you should repent, okay. or whatever, right? Like, even if you shouldn't sleep right. with someone before you get married or cheat on your wife. Uh, wow, you know, that could be. If the bill's written so broadly that yeah. 
someone could interpret it that way. Okay. So now, did they send it back to committee to rewrite, on, or what it's, happened? Uh, it passed in the assembly. It's headed on to the Senate. Well, of course it did. Who's, who's going to happen? <laughs> but it, I mean, I mean, thank you, California. But the thing is, you read the bill, and you, it's you know, it's a consumer protection bill. Yeah. Um, it is pretty broad, and it's not the only bill though out yeah. there. So you have still it doesn't violate. It doesn't turn the Constitution off. I think there are. Um, there's a lot of fighting back and forth okay. online about this is banned. No, it doesn't ban the Bible. It doesn't ban books. Probably could be used at a conference or a for a counselor who mm-hmm. sold this. But then there are the First Amendment questions: is can you tell a counselor that they can't counsel someone for certain things if the person comes to them and says, "I'd like counseling on my s- sexual activity," right, right? Whatever it is, right? Can you uh, can the state ban that? For minors, you could see how it worked. Yeah. I don't know how that will work for, but that's a that's a religious. Wow, there's a religious question <clears throat> there that that's important. That's not just um, hyperbole. Yeah. All right. Um, also, you uh, you did a little study on uh, what Americans believe about God, and you found out that most Americans believe in God, but God is a very fluid. Turns out. That what I've been saying all these years, that most people believe in the God of the Grammys, is really right. <laughs> they believe in, well, a force or a higher power. A lot of Americans do. So, in other words, a very nebulous concept, and, and God is basically who everybody thinks he is. Um, I Yes. Thank you. Well, I won't say yes. And I didn't have to study. The Pew Research did this study. Pew they, Research. They basically, it's really an interesting study. So Pew does a lot of research. They've always asked this question. A lot of people ask, Gallup asked this question. Sure. Um, what Pew uh, says in their kind of report on this was they they said, now, we've had all this change. Right. Well, we have so many people who are religiously unaffiliated. They call them the nuns. There's a lot of Correct. Americans, about a quarter of Americans. So if you looked at, in broad traditions, the biggest religious traditions in America are evangelicals and nuns. These are people with no religious affiliation. And then Catholics. Now, are the are the nuns people who once were or no, that's the both. Nuns. That's, nuns. that's correct. Okay. The nuns are unaffiliated. Doesn't mean they're not religious. It means they don't have a religious tradition. Okay. So, um, and some of them do believe in God. So they said, okay, when you say they asked, do you believe in God? And then they said, do you believe in God as described in the Bible, or believe there's some kind of other higher power or spiritual force in the universe? Okay. So, fifty-six um, percent of Americans, according to Pew, say they believe in God as found in the Bible. Thirty-three percent say believe in some kind of other spiritual power or force. Okay, so a generic kind of right. deity or the god power. of the Grammys or the force. They it's the thirty-three, and that includes nine percent of people who say they don't believe in God, but they um, do believe in a force. So it's great. I was like, so some actually specify yeah. that they believe in the force, not using well, the a, capital a F, spiritual force, not a, a capital force F, or higher power. Yes. Now, here's interesting. So they're not directly saying they believe in Star Wars theology, yes, no, but they no. believe in Star Wars theology. <laughs> you could say that. Okay. Uh, two of the, I found two, a couple other things that were really interesting. One is that Americans, they asked about prayer, but they also asked, do you just talk to God? Mm-hmm. And three-quarters of Americans say they do. 28% say they get a... a Busy uh, signal. <laughs> no, they say get, they, they God uh, talks back to them. Okay. Uh, and in certain kind of Christians. Well, don't uh, tell those gals on the view about that. They'll go haywire, man. So evangelicals and uh, and African American Catholic, uh, Protestants are most likely to say they hear response back. But even some of the nuns talk to God. But you know who doesn't talk to God? 
This will not surprise. Who do you? What American group does not talk to God? Atheists. Atheists. Three percent say they talk to God. One percent. So there, even Wait there a are a couple of them. Three percent of atheists say they talk to God. Yes. That's funny. And one percent say they don't. They don't get a uh, say they get a reply. So it's a really small. Wait a minute. One percent of atheists say they get a reply when they talk to God. Yes. It's that's awesome. But it's pretty small. That. But yeah. But. That's just funny. So here's an interesting thing, though. The, the, the study they looked at, um, they asked, like, attributes of God. Okay. So if you believe in the God of Scribe in the Bible, you 97% say God loves all people regardless of their faults. If okay. you believe in a spiritual power, that goes to 69%. Oh, wow. You know, uh, this was interesting. Um, 50% of people who believe in the God of the Bible says God's punished them for something. Huh. Uh, that goes on a thirty-seven percent for the spiritual and higher power folks. It's, is this is the higher power spiritual power? Is that the sole defining phraseology for yeah, that? Yeah, they say. Um, so is intentionally nebulous. It's intentionally nebulous. Okay, yeah, they're trying to say, do you believe in a, in the the, the so, kind of generic Christian so God? Yeah, the God is out there. Yeah, the X Files God is out there, and they leave it that way so that it's uh, so they're not accidentally defining it yeah. as the God of the Bible. So people can keep yes. a distinction. Cool. So, so it's really interesting, and, and it was kind of a response to, okay, the the religious makeup of the country has changed. Mm-hmm. So when most people in the country were Christian, you asked, do you believe in God? They had a because you really had Protestant, Catholic, sure. and Jews, and then very small numbers of other folks. Mm-hmm. Where if you're trying to do a mass survey, you wouldn't get enough answers. Now right. we have like 38 percent of people under 30 say they're nuns. They have no religious affiliation. Okay. Well, that's going to affect then. When you say you believe in God, well, what does that sure. word mean? And so, a lot of them would probably ask that question. Yeah, and this is a ba- this is a baseline. Mm-hmm. So in five in a couple of years, they can ask it again, and then they can see is the um, are the changes in religious affiliation mm-hmm. having theological changes? Cause, okay, because religion has this is my my little religion uh, reporting factoid for the day. Thing you should know. This so they talk about what they call the three Bs in religion. Belief, behavior, and belonging. Okay. So belonging has been changing in America now, right? The nuns don't belong to a religious tradition. So now Pew is saying, okay, how does that belonging affect their belief? Because people look a lot at belonging behavior, but they don't always ask about beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now we've got changes, so we have to ask belief questions differently. That's religion news for today. All right. All right, so uh, rounding out the God Beat, uh, our religion news section, (laughs) Hobby Lobby's smuggled artifacts will be returned to Iraq. So they were, is this related to the Museum of the Bible? Because um, I can't remember the, the specifics of how this story goes, other than Hobby Lobby wound up with antiquities that had been illegally provided to them. Is that yes, a they safe bought, way to they say bought $1.6 million worth of uh, cuneiform tablets, bricks, and other kind of um, artifacts, right? Uh, and that was for Hobby Lobby, and so fifty five hundred objects all together. Yes, together now, and they were four thousand yes. or so will have to be returned. Yes, so they've gotten that. Um, that museum's got about two hundred millions of dollars worth of artifacts from right. Hobby Lobby. So oh, okay, so there are gotcha. There's there a are Hobby Lobby yeah. artifacts in the Museum of the Bible. These um, now there's a there's a lot going on with antiquities right now. Right. So one unintended consequence of building a giant Bible museum is that a lot of money was put into antiquities. Mm-hmm. Now we also have a war going on, and so mm-hmm. 
antiquities and ISIS, and ISIS destroying, ISIS destroying things. things. And mm-hmm. so there's in the Middle East, there's war. And so that's created more. And uh, in Iraq, you had uh, chaos. So there was, you know, nobody was keep watching, keeping watch on artifacts, which somebody right, was. But right. it's a lot easier to steal artifacts. So there was, you know, a lot of money in the market. There were um, questionable, there were people out stealing things. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of oversight. And then um, you had fraud in some cases. Fraud now, in that's some not cases. the issue here, though, no, right? No, here, here is uh, legitimate stuff that they bought. There's stuff that they, yeah, this is not fraudulent stuff. This is stuff they bought, which. That they shouldn't have bought. They shouldn't have bought. Okay, got and it. So there wasn't, and uh, so the way that uh, Steve Green from Hobby Lobby says, we should have exercised more oversight and carefully questioned how the acquisitions were handled. Mm. So, and, and we all know that the. Acquisitions, well, we've made out all those, but the acquisition process process for museums is controversial right now. I did not. It has been controversial. If you go to the British Museum in, uh, which I went to a few years ago, Mm -hmm. um, they've got parts of the Parthenon there because from uh, from the Nashville Parthenon, (laughs) from the Parthenon in Greece. (laughs) Oh, because they got knocked off during a war, and the British went along. Somebody brought them home. Okay, to to uh, to the British Museum, and then. Greece, uh, many years later, said, hey, we'd like the, our cultural artifacts. artifacts back, and there's a lot of... But a museum <laughs> in um, Boston, um, uh, a, museum, a museum at a seminary in Boston got in trouble because they had Native American artifacts that they should have returned. Okay. And they and, their, they and the museum got in a fight, and then the muse- someone uh, reported them to the government, so the seminary ended up getting in trouble for having artifacts they shouldn't have had. So this wow. is a, it's a complicated Ongoing story. Thing, yeah. Um, but okay, I think, so I think Hobby Lobby was like, "Hey, we shouldn't have bought this." What did they? Are they just having to pay a fine, or did they, they have to pay just a fine and they got to bring it? They paid three million dollar fine. They got to send it all back. So okay. now, so the it's the end of the story. They're sending they're sending it back to Iraq, which yeah. is good. And it probably should be noted as well that um, they had been advised against some of the purchases they were making. Yes. So it wasn't it wasn't a totally blind thing where yeah. at the end they could just say, "Hey, we didn't know." Yes. They they were advised to exercise more caution and kind of just yes. blew through and I, that. And I think they have said uh, we didn't do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they've owned up and said we – now, here's the funny part. Their eyes got bigger than their stomachs. Yeah. And here's the funny part. And NPR just did a story about it, but they got a picture. And this is how complicated the story is. Here's the correction at the bottom of the story. A previous version of this story contained a photo of an artifact that was not among those <laughs> illegally smuggled. So they have artifacts that are not illegally smuggled. So it's it, a complicated. It turned story. out to be a box of cracker jacks. So uh, this is what I love about the religion, beat though everything you got international politics, money, uh, cultural cuneiform. You know, yeah, history, cultural, history. cultural appropriate. Not culturally, but you know, yeah, the, sure. appropriate mm-hmm. use of cultural artifacts. That's all in the religion yeah. story. Yeah, that's why it's so awesome. Well, that's it for today, folks. Uh, thanks for joining the fourth. What do you mean we Wait. can't talk about the nun cult? That's going to have to wait. I'm wait. afraid. We're out of time. How about some hippie Jesus music? What do you got? Uh, I won't. I could play one, but. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write you. We can let, no, we should have UFO. We should be singing. On a, he's an identif- unidentified flying object. <laughs> great Larry Norman song. Or I wish we'd all been ready. Did you read Did you read Thornberry's book on Larry Norman yet? I've read I've starting on it. It's great. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe you can we'll do a review it. next yeah, time or next when you get done with yeah, it. Yeah, but but we Happy Jesus music is added. I should play. I'm just going to turn it on. You can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I could just turn on. I wish we'd all been worried. Life was full of guns. Oh, my. Hey, don't and, forget to uh, run by iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and rate and review 
the Fourth State Podcast. And uh, if you would like, follow at Bob Smetana on uh, Twitter uh, or at Marty Duran or at T4E Podcast if you'd like to keep up with podcasts. Uh, and that would be awesome as well. No Facebook page yet. We may do that later on, but not now. And until the next time, I'm Marty Duran. And I'm Bob Sutana. And we are helping you think about the news. Music.